The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am your host, Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me is some other guy from some other website. Not the host of uh, the show, to be very clear here. Just, just you know. a rando. Yeah. How you been? Well, hey. I used to co-host the show with a football fan, and now what uh. I'm seeing is apparently that guy is gone and has been replaced with a golf psychopath you are currently wearing a master shirt right now mm-hmm. and Wonder a why. tiger woods hat Wonder why. and yeah. you are locked in because you want to see if tiger can win his sixth green jacket and tie jack nicholas for the most all time that's right uh my name is rj ochoa because stats so rudely did not say that good morning good afternoon and good night to every single person around here except for those of you who somehow believe that the oddcast matters um i uh just want to say stats that you know this is this is the the greatest Look, I love football. All right, like football is is the thing. F- football is why we're here. Football is why we get out of bed. Football puts bread on our table. Right? Let's let's be very clear here. But um, I think we're in the midst of the the best. And this isn't like a, a new take, but the best like ten day run in sports, like ten day you know window that there is. I mean, we're talking last Saturday we get the final four. Boom, awesome. Saturday and Sunday, not my cup of tea, but I acknowledge a lot of people love it. WrestleMania, super awesome. Happy for you guys. Monday night, Natty, boom, awesome. Tuesday, Wednesday, Champions League. Oh my gosh, incredible performances. Real Madrid, baby, a la Madrid. Uh, now we get the Masters starting up. NBA playoffs are taking place. NHL playoffs are shaping up. And opening day today. I know that's not necessarily um, like something that happens every year. Shout out to baseball for being stupid. Uh, but it still <laughs> is happening nonetheless. So this is a really fun time. We also have a massive Premier League match on Sunday between Liverpool and Manchester City. Like this is like this is just a great week to love sports. Just an awesome time. Wildcard weekend's better than all that. I would say that's not even the best football weekend of, of the year divisional weekend is better than wild card weekend. that's what people say i don't know if that's true uh before we get into everything today i want to remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl so download the DraftKings sportsbook app today use code sbn nfl for a special offer when you sign up that's code sbn nfl only at DraftKings. all right rj i want to get this over with quick because i could see you're, you're rescheduling the start of the pod because you thought we were going to, you know, we didn't want to miss too much of Tiger. Now Tiger's tea time has been pushed back. So I'm sure you're relieved about that. Quickly, who is your winner 
for the Masters. And do you agree with me that Tiger's going to miss the cut? I do not agree with you. Um, just because, I mean, I'm not, I don't want that to happen. Like sometimes, you know, there's a difference between like logical betting and then like, you know, willing what you want to happen. So I'm not going to be on the side of this. Like I, a lot of people have discussed like what's a victory for Tiger, blah, blah, blah. The fact that he's playing golf is, you know, an like, what is the fascination with seeing a shell of Tiger Woods get out there on the course? Like, I don't think it's a shell of himself. I mean, is he is like peak physical condition over the course of his life? No, but like, this is amazing. Like he was in a horrible car accident 14 months ago and he's going to play in the masters, like one of the most terrainous golf courses uh, on the PGA tour. And so that's a really impressive and cool thing. Like, it's a Herculean thing. We love the rise and the fall. Have you not seen any of the documentaries or read any of the books? There are several behind me when it comes to Tiger Woods' illustrious career. No, I get it. But, like, this is Willie Mays falling down in the outfield. All right. Anyway, uh, my pick to win is not Tiger. Um, as much as I would love to be able to sit here and tell you that. There are a lot of ways you can go here. Um, there are a lot of young golfers on the PGA Tour that have staked their claim. Yeah, uh, just so pick somebody. Well, it's a young man's game. There's a lot of 20-somethings and a lot of guys looking for that first green jacket. A lot of people still trying to get one. Rory McIlroy I gave some serious consideration to, but uh, my vote belongs to Justin Thomas, uh, who is uh, a very talented golfer, a good friend of Tiger Woods. I think the whole picture finally comes together for JT here. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. Oh, boy. All right. Well, there you go. There's your RJ Ochoa Masters-approved pick. Let's get back to some football, a real sport that people actually care about. Lots going on in the NFL, particularly this offseason, wide receiver trades. We've seen Devontae Adams go. We've seen Tyreek Hill go. There are a couple names still floating out there, one of which is DK Metcalf from the Seahawks. And I think he's going to get moved personally. I think Seattle's not done tearing this thing down. If I was DK Metcalf, I'd have no desire to sign a long-term contract with Seattle. I don't know what the hell the Seahawks are doing. Drew Locke, like, no thanks. I'm not signing up to be with that guy for any extended period of time. I think we're going to see DK Metcalf get moved, RJ. So, first of all, I think that the wide receiver movement, you know, um, list this offseason does not include Stephon Diggs, obviously. But his name should be involved there, right? I mean, he's he's had some seismic activity getting the new deal that we saw. And I do want to throw out, um, just because, you know, I'm not a homer that I think the Dallas Cowboys, all they're good for these days stats is leverage. That's all the Cowboys are good for. I don't know if you saw this story a few weeks ago, but Trayvon Diggs tweeted out like, oh, I've always wanted yeah. to play with my brother. Uh, and then like had a little thread where he was like 14 to Dallas would be fire emojis and not try to pat myself on the back, although I'm not opposed to the idea. Um, <laughs> I said at the time, I was like, okay, Stefan has seen the contracts that Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill got with their new teams. He's probably thinking like, it'd be, it'd be pretty nice to get one of these new deals or whatever. What's a good way to create some leverage connect my name to the dallas cowboys that's <laughs> what everybody knows i think trayvon diggs did his brother a solid and i'm not saying like he got this extension specifically because of that I, if, if this had a one percent impact it was totally worth it uh but yeah that's that's all the cowboys are good for right now just put your name in the news cycle with them uh so that being said maybe dk metcalf should do that maybe we're like uh, an hour or so away from him liking a tweet uh, about somebody connecting him to the dallas cowboys but yeah i i mean Get him out of there. Like, th this is this is sad. I feel bad for the Seahawks. I'm sure you do, too. Um, oh, yeah. When, when there's a total, like, fire sale going on. But, yeah, why would you want to be around here? Like, And I respect that DK Metcalf is saying all the right things and stuff right now. But there's no way that anybody with a brain would want to be around for what they're going to be in 2022. Well, not only that, but, you know, you, uh, Pete Carroll, man. Sometimes I swear to God they do this stuff on purpose. What did he say before Russell Wilson got traded? Wow. 
keep in mind, while they were in discussions about trading Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll said, oh, we don't intend to trade Russell Wilson. And then like two days later, he was traded. And what did he say about DK Metcalf? We intend for DK Metcalf to be, it's like, dude, you literally use the exact same word. Like, come on, man. I just, I don't like what the Seahawks are doing. I saw a report yesterday that the Seahawks turned down the 10th overall pick from the Jets, which is absolutely hilarious because the 10th overall pick that the Jets own actually came from the Seahawks. So I feel like Seattle turned that deal down because there was no way they could trade DK Metcalf to get their own first round draft pick back. Well, it's reminiscent of last year when the Miami Dolphins held the third overall pick and they were connected to Deshaun Watson. uh, And that was like a big piece of capital in those discussions, although that third overall pick came from the Houston Texans by way of the Laramie (laughs) Tunnel trade. By the way, on the subject of that, uh, just... I mean, if you like reading good things, uh, ESPN's Bill Barnwell wrote an incredible piece uh, about the history of that and, and dating all the way back to Dwayne Brown uh, and his contract holdouts with the Texans or not contract, holdouts, but just hold out in general and how all of that led to Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill ultimately landing with the teams that they did this offseason. Really interesting when you look at the domino butterfly effect that things can have in the NFL. I love like pulling at those threads. There, somebody did a project a few years ago with baseball where they like tracked a single transaction and how that led like it was like 15 years previous and how it led to like the latest transaction for the Mets. It's unbelievable how things like just the story of how that plays out. Well, I don't know if you've ever read it before, but our own BLG once wrote a butterfly effect piece like this about Teddy Bridgewater and his injury in Minnesota. Obviously, you'll recall uh, the Sam Bradford trade that followed and things like that. So um, check the SB Nation archives. Uh, great article. You know, one one good thing that BLG has done around here, by the way. I've, I've got some I've got some thoughts, by the way, on on the podcast that I want to share at the very end of this. But you know, just just so you're aware. Yeah, you you claim that. You live rent free in the oddcast head, but it, you no, mentioned, no, no, no. I just, I just, you know, we'll get you there. mentioned the show less than a minute in today. We'll so get there. We'll get there. Out. Don't worry. We'll get Speaking there. Speaking of articles, Adam Schefter had an article that came out this morning at 635, seven offers from NFL teams for DK Metcalf. And he lists the teams in the article, RJ Browns, Chiefs, Eagles, Falcons, Jets, Packers, Saints. Tanya, throw the Cowboys in there and this thing happens. But um, <laughs> which team do you say in that list is like, I think he's going there. We know that the Eagles have been involved in some of these discussions. They have lost some of their capital, although they've obviously accrued a lot more capital. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's I don't think the Eagles can survive that look. I mean, you've taken a receiver in the first round and back to back years. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't trade for DK back half right now and then have to pay him right away. Um, I think the Chiefs would be interesting just because it'd be fun to watch DK and Juju Smith-Schuster on the same team and in the same offense. Um, and I would love to see that kind of just big body. Like, I mean, I, I would love, we, we've seen Patrick Mahomes with these like incredible route runners, give him like just this massive human being to throw it to in the end zone. Like let DK climb the ladder and go up and get it. Yep. Um, the Browns, eh, like I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, I know you're with me. Like I can't get in on the Browns hype and like, whatever, like, no, that seems lame. Um, but the Browns could put Baker Mayfield as part of that deal, so they may not have to give up as much draft compensation. That's fair and fine, but that's just that's so boring. That's m- probably the most logical, which makes it really boring. The <laughs> Jets, I don't see happening. But I mean, man, the Jets are kind of. I mean, and you wouldn't listen when I said this was kind of a hot seat year for Robert Sala, and then we talked about the people most impacted by all these moves, and included Zach Wilson. Like the Jets are, they're kind of like the ultimate bridesmaid. 
and like the Jets, the Jets have been in like 14 weddings. Like they're that bridesmaid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like they have all the monogrammed things and you know, whatever, all the gifts you get from being in different wedding parties and stuff like that. Like they have nothing. I mean, the, the Jets are kind of the laughing stock of the NFL one. Like nobody wants to, to go there or be a part of it or nobody believes in Zach Wilson or Robert Sala except for stats. And so, <laughs> I mean, I can't see that happening. Hold on. First of all, why is that looked at as an insult? Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. That means you're really good friends with a lot of people. Like, to be in somebody's wedding party is an honor. It's not a knock. So I never understood that. I don't think anybody's knocking, like, your friendship. I think they're just saying, like, man, that's, that's like, your thing. Like, you're, you know, that's what you got going on. Like, when's it your turn? You know, when, when do you get to have the bridesmaids? Like, when do you get to right. return the favor? You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, anyway, um, the Saints would be fun. Um like I'm, I'm here for the Saints. Like let's, let's get involved, Saints. And but like the Saints already gave up some draft capital, so that seems illogical. Um, the, I guess the Chiefs, the Chiefs just feel like the, the thing that makes the most sense. I mean, so fine. DK's got some leverage here, right? Because he can say, "Look, I don't care that you agreed to a deal with, let's say, the Saints, for example. I'm not signing a new contract with them." And the Saints are going to be like, "Well, we're not trading for DK Metcalf if he's not going to sign a new deal with us." So he does have some leverage. Brother, could you have slurped that coffee any louder just now? No, I did it on purpose. Like, really, dude? What do you got going on over there? That's right, baby. This is an audio medium. Anyway, um, if I were DK, I don't know. Part of me thinks, like, do I really want to go to the AFC right now? Like, don't you want to stay in the NFC if you could? You're more likely to make a Pro Bowl, an All-Pro. Well, not an All-Pro, but a Pro Bowl in the NFC. You're more likely to get to advance further just because the AFC is ridiculously good. I kind of, if I'm DK, I, I would get it if he was like, mm, I'm going to stay on the this side of the standings, please. When you first said it, I thought, what a loser when you brought up the Pro Bowl thing. Um, and I thought like you, not DK uh, as the loser in question. But I mean, like look, the goal is to win the Super Bowl, but like the odds of it in the Super Bowl are very, 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 very low, right? Like, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. Uh, and it's contingent upon help around you, right? Like DK can't just go like win the Super Bowl by himself or a would be team, but he can go in increase his le own legacy, right? Like become a pro ball or become an all pro whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like that is so much. E who, like who are the best receivers in the NFC? Justin Jefferson is the best one. Are we willing to say that? Yeah, maybe. Or Justin Jefferson, Cooper cup and Ebo. But I, I mean, I think the top three are Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Pick a Buccaneer. Like those are the top three. Okay. And then Debo is maybe like your honorable mention. But like it's, I mean, I'm, I know you deal with this conversation on a daily basis. It's so hard to qualify Debo. He like he's so unique. You know what I mean? Like it's not. I I would I would lean like vintage receiver over Debo. Not that I don't at all love Debo's game, but again, like a unique weapon. I I just don't think every coach would would know how to properly utilize him. Like we're talking like in an ambiguous sense. I guess, but he had 1,500 yards and less than 80 catches last year. Just forgetting all the rushing stuff. Like, not many people have done that in the history of the NFL. I know, but he has to run because his quarterback sucks and can't throw him the football. So. Accurate. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like, but then we look at the AFC. Like, so, okay, like, if those are the three best receivers in, in the NFC, right? Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Pick a Buccaneer. We'll call it, who would you rather Mike call Evans. It? Mike Evans, okay. Uh, Gigum, baby. Um, DK has a much better chance of cracking that top three than he does in the AFC. Like, who are the top, th just the top three in the AFC? Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Stephon Diggs? I mean, we're not even mentioning Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That is frightening with how I mean, stacked it is. Yeah, I mean, 
and maybe you believe Amari Cooper can get there. AJ Brown is obviously in contention. Yep. Um, maybe Devontae Parker in New England. Like now the the show can kind of be. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's other options that are, are far more intriguing. Um, yep. You know, Cortland Sutton's going to take a leap now. You know what I mean? Like, I was just going to say that. Yep. Keenan Allen's still in the mix. Um, you know, Michael Pittman, baby, with Matt Ryan. Whoa, watch out. <laughs> um, but, and Hollywood Brown. I mean, you know, like, that's like, that's a team that should be involved here is the Ravens. Like, dude, you're kind of the bridesmaid too here. Like, everybody's get, we, we've been saying this since last year. Go get Allen Robinson. Go get Allen Robinson. Go get um, Kenny Galladay, even. We were willing to settle for for the Ravens last year. Somebody. Yeah, right. And you haven't done anything like even though the oddcast, which sucks, like hates the Ravens <laughs> and loves to act like they love the Ravens. Don't worry, Ravens flock. I got you. Um, like the Ravens, like everyone's like, oh, Lamar, Lamar, Lamar. They haven't helped him out. Like what? Like, who? Like nothing. This is nothing. Like, they have given him nothing. Mark Andrews is awesome. Cool. Give him a wide receiver that is like a big body dude like DK Metcalf. Increase the wide receivers catch radius, which DK Metcalf obviously does. I completely agree. And the Ravens have tried to get wide receivers. They've recognized it, but they've just failed to do so. You brought up one name there that I want to talk about because Peter Schrager was on Good Morning Football, and he brought up the name of Keenan Allen as potentially somebody that could be on the move. The Chargers just gave a big contract to Mike Williams. Uh, that kind of surprised me because I hadn't heard that at all. And I couple that with something else I heard yesterday, which was Pat McAfee on his show talking about, oh, the Packers have a crazy move coming during the draft. And if Pat McAfee is talking about the Packers, I think we all know who his source probably is. And I'm pretty sure that source is pretty plugged into what's going on there. Plus, the Green Bay executives have been very coy. They've been saying like, oh, you know, the draft is very exciting. It's going to be an exciting night. What if Green Bay's answer after trading Devontae Adams is going to get Keenan Allen from the Chargers? Is he the best, like, mo like if we're talking practically, is, is he the best option available by way of trade? Because you still have Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry on the free agent market. They're both probably there through the draft, right? Like, we'll see. It's just going to be a matter of, like, who doesn't get, you know, the Chris Olaves and Jalen Brooks of the world. Um, so is he the best? Is he, like, would you rather, if you can trade for a wide receiver, would you rather have Keenan Allen or Brandon Cooks? Oh, Keenan Allen. But I'd rather have DK above either of those. Right. DK would be my number one target. Just, just like drop back to pass, chuck it up there and just let DK run underneath it and go get it. I think that would be deadly if he were on the Packers. Um, I actually think if, if I were Green Bay or at least if I were Aaron Rodgers, I would push for get me Jarvis Landry and one of the DK or and Keenan Allen. Like Jarvis Landry would be an awesome number two wide receiver for the Packers. He'd be exactly what they need. Somebody that can get the tough yards, that can move the chains. I would love, well, I wouldn't love to see it because I'm a Niner fan, but if I was a Packers fan, like, sign me up for that. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I mean, I think the Odell thing probably makes sense, too. Like, they were so close last year. Obviously, he chose the Rams. Like, talk about being a bridesmaid. Huh. Um, but you're right. Like, actually, like that's a, whole, that's a whole different conversation. But you're right. I think the implication of that analogy is that, like, the groom chose the bride over the bridesmaid. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you're, like... That wasn't what happened, <laughs> like, right. You know, right? Like the groom and the bride like fell in love on their own, independent of anybody else. And then the bride just happens to know these bridesmaids. Like, you're, you're, but again, like people make it sound like it's like some sort of like 
like the bachelor you know what i mean that you're just like the runner up right. for, for being the bride that's a great point i never really thought of that before it's not like you meet this woman and then oh right before your relationship starts they line up all of her friends and then you get to pick again like mm-hmm. it's just a weird expression um good point um also we never like flip that we never say like always the groomsman never the groom you know what i mean like so that's true um being a groomsman is a lot of fun there's a lot of like top golf involved and like you know fishing trips and stuff like that and poker games and you know whatever board games in general video games sometimes it depends you know if i had to bet i would say that you have been in at least two wedding parties i have been counting your own i have been in more than that um and i am usually um when they you know how like they introduce the wedding party at the reception i am usually the first one out um not trying to brag, but I can set the stage. Uh, my cousin, Amanda, she married a, a great guy. His name's Mark. And at their wedding, I was the first one out. Um, you know, that's, that's one of those like situations, like my cousin was the bride. So like, I'm the family member. I think it's to be like, that's a weird spot to be like the family member who's the groomsman or whatever. Uh, but I came out first and we came out to Thunderstruck, not my choice, Ooh. but I had that, I had that place going. Let's just, let's just say that, you know, Did that reception you, you danced balling. into the reception. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember the bridesmaid I was partnered with. Like, it was all about me in that moment. Like, <laughs> like I was, Gunner. I was high fiving. I was high fiving people, like walking in. Like, it was, it was sick. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. I, I mean, Keenan Allen would be fun. But Keenan Allen is such a weird receiver. Like, do you remember the spat he got into with Mike Evans a few years ago? No. He got into a public spat with Mike Evans where, like, he was saying, like, how come I'm not, like, regarded as one of the best receivers, blah, blah, And Mike Evans, like, went back and was like, dude, you're not as good as me. I'm so, like, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't, like, a, like a smack-talking thing. Like, it was, like, he was just being, like, objective and, like, factual. He was like, I'm just being real with you. Like, you're not as good as me, and that's okay. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever. And Mike Evans is right. I mean, yes, he and, is. and so, like, I, I think Ken and Allen, like, if we – if we rank or if we categorize the offseason like wide receiver trades, I think Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill belong in their own box. I think Devontae Parker and Amari Cooper probably belong in their own box. And then I think Robert Woods belongs in his own box. I think Keenan Allen's probably closer to much closer to the Amari Cooper, Devontae Parker box than he is the Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill box. Keenan Allen would be good with Aaron Rodgers, but I think it would take a little time because Keenan Allen is not like a physical freak. He's He gets open because he's an incredible route runner. So, like, if he and Aaron had time to build up chemistry, I think they could be deadly together. But it would just be a different type of thing as opposed to Aaron Rodgers with a DK Metcalf where he could literally just be like, run really fast and I will throw it to you and you will catch a million touchdowns. I don't think this is a big deal, but, like, imagine going from living in L.A. as a Charger to Green Bay as a Packer. Like, that would, that's, like, a really weird shift. <laughs> change. Yeah, yes. I mean, like, a really – and you know what? Everybody loves to throw roses at the feet of the Chargers. I don't know why they are – they're just a cool team. You know, nobody wants to ever criticize them for anything. The Chargers, Brandon Daly, he reads books, <laughs> blah, blah. Um, if they, like, what would it say about them if they traded Keenan Allen? Like, we're only focusing right. on the acquisition of somebody else. Like, it would it would be kind of a stupid move of the Chargers. Like, especially you're in this like rookie window, rookie contract window for Justin Herbert. Like, why would why would you get rid of him? Like, go add. Like, don't get rid of good players. Yeah, I, if I'm Justin Herbert, I'm like, well, why are you trading my guy here? Like, Mike Evans or Mike Williams is cool, but like. Why not have two good wide receivers? We could do that too. That's allowed. Uh, and in that division, let's be honest. I mean, you're going to need all the good players around you that you can get. So I, I don't know what, maybe the Chargers are like, screw it. We'll just draft a wide receiver and we'll put him with Justin Herbert and Herbert will make him good and he'll be cheaper. I don't know. Maybe that's their thought. Um, but it did. It would be weird to me. If it's a Chargers fan, I would definitely have to second guess that. Let me ask you this question, RJ. 
of the receivers in the DK Metcalf class, who do you think is most likely to get traded? Debo, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. Probably Terry McLaurin. Um, although I think the team, uh, if we're talking about the teams that each of these these players play for, I think the team that is um, least connected with reality is the Washington Commanders. And so, you know, like they, they really believe like, oh, we're, we're close, we're good, whatever. And I, I actually, you know, we talked about this on the NFC's mixtape, BLG and I, people can listen to that show on any uh, of the four uh, NFC East blog podcast networks here at SB Nation, Block of the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, and Big Blue View. But it would be kind of stupid of the commanders. Now, to be fair, Terry McLaurin is in a contract year. And clearly the commanders are allegedly like pinching the pennies, like including like stealing them from <laughs> other NFL teams. Um, but but um, so I don't know that they have any intentions of paying him next year. You know what I mean? And if you don't like get something now, you know, and, and may, like I posited to BLG that nobody would give up more than a third round pick. Like the, you know, to go back to the Seahawks, the Jadevian Clowney situation with Houston, when he would not sign a new deal with them, they couldn't agree to terms. And so it was a matter of, look, we don't know if, if he's going to leave or not. And we, you know, we don't want to like overspend and then lose out on a, you know, we're willing to give you a third round pick because we might get one as a compensatory pick two years from now. But I mean, so that's why, like, I think Terry McLaurin could go for a third round pick, especially when you look at what Devontae Parker went for. And so I, I think that the commanders are weird enough and broken enough that I think that's the one that makes the most sense. I would, and I would love that. I would love to see Terry McLaurin go like free Terry McLaurin. I would love to be able to yes. root for him without the, you know, weirdness. And I would be happy that he would never have to technically be a commander. <laughs> right. Uh, he's had horrible quarterback luck in his career. He's a really, really good player. And we're not even getting to see the best Terry McLaurin that we could see. Um, I want to switch gears here, RJ, because you sent me something while we were doing this. That is blowing my mind. So I am a huge, like, NFL Parallel Universes fan. Like, stuff that could have been, right? Have like you the... seen uh, episode four of What If? The Marvel series? Yes, I've watched all of them. That's a great episode. And, you know, Multiverse of Madness is coming out pretty soon. So that's a, if right. anybody hasn't seen it, go watch. If you don't want to watch any of the What If ep you know episodes, I realize it's not everyone's thing. Watch that episode. It's amazing. There's in a universe where the Bills have one of the greatest dynasties of all time, right? They went to four straight Super Bowls. If they win all four, like people are like, holy crap, the Bills have the best dynasty ever. I, really quickly, just very quickly on, on that note, um, I saw there was some like Twitter arguing happening between Bills and Vikings fans uh, where Vikings fans are like taking this victory lap. Like the Bills basically gave up Justin Jefferson and all this money to have Stephon Diggs. I think that's done. Like that's like it, it was like. A trade can be a win-win. Like, it worked out for Buffalo, worked out for Minnesota. It's okay to say that. How can you call it a loss for Buffalo when the first season Diggs was there, he led the league in yards? I'm just saying, you know, Vikings fans are a little bit disconnected from reality themselves. But back but, to uh, back to the parallel universe you were going to explore. Right. That's just because Vikings fans just trying to win anything. And so that's what they latched on to. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you sent me this article. This is from Pro Football Talk, and it's blowing my mind. And I'm just going to read it. Tom Brady was very close to officially joining the Dolphins initially as an owner. This story is crazy. So if you remember, at the end of February, PFT reported that the Dolphins' plan was to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton in a package deal. The Dolphins privately acknowledged that they had contacted the Saints about the possibility of hiring Payton. And the Dolphins privately acknowledged that there had been discussions about Brady becoming a minority owner of the team. What apparently put the brakes on the whole thing, RJ, is the Brian Flores lawsuit, which was filed the same day that Brady retired. And according to this article on PFT, after Brady became a minority owner, the Dolphins would have acquired the rights to employ Sean Payton, and then they would have gotten the rights from the Bucks to bring Brady to the roster. That impacts so many things, right? Obviously, the Buccaneers, who knows what would be. Bruce Arians might still be coaching the Buccaneers, according to him. That would be another weakening of the AFC or of the NFC and strengthening of the AFC. Mike McDaniel might still be with the 49ers because he obviously wouldn't be the head coach of the Dolphins. Like, this is blowing my mind right now. I also think you're uh, missing two other big points because there would have had to have been some capital involved to acquire not just Tom Brady, but Sean Payton, and those would not have been cheap acquisitions. Um, so Tyreek Hill's probably not a Dolphin, right? Because they, they don't have the, the necessary draft capital to pull all of those things off, right? Right. And on top of that, the trade we just saw on Monday that you did break down on this week's episode of the Oddcast between the Saints and the Eagles probably does not happen because the Saints have acquired other capital by way of the Sean Payton trade. Maybe, they're, maybe they do move, but my point is like they have more ammunition to move elsewhere or whatever. Um, so they don't need those two picks right there in the middle of the first round. And so, and I think if we're like moving things around just a little bit more, um, where maybe Dennis Allen is a head coach somewhere else, right? I mean, I don't know if, if, if that's still like the way it goes. Like, I don't know that the optics are the same if you trade away Sean Payton and then you just promote him. Maybe, you know, maybe Todd Bowles does leave somewhere else, but um, I <laughs> Maybe maybe Gronk is going to Miami, like you know, like there's maybe Chris Godwin doesn't re-sign with the Bucks, you know, maybe Carlton Davis doesn't. Like there's a lot there, and maybe Tua is the quarterback of the Saints because maybe he's included in the deal to get the rights to Sean Payton, and so mm. then the Saints are like, hey, we've got our guy now, right? We've or, got our quarterback of the future. Or just to add, I mean, maybe Tua, like Tua is part of this like carousel that Baker and Jimmy are on. You know what I mean? Like maybe Tua is in Seattle or Carolina. You know what I mean? Like just because he's disposable at that point. It's that would be wild. And it's crazy. You know, we were just talking about this earlier, how like one change, it's like the butterfly effect. One change just has all these ripples and tentacles that changes so many other things. Have you seen, are you a fan of the TV show community? Uh, I have never seen it. There's a great episode like, and yes, I know with the pizza and the guy comes back and right. And so they roll a dice. And so like the whole episode is about um, like the di- the six different timelines that are created by way of that dice. And this is kind of like that. Um, It'd be fascinating, especially like with a stake as an owner. This also lends credence, though, to, I think, Brian Flores' lawsuit, you know, that there was like the secret meeting, you know, with the Dolphins and a would-be like quarterback, whatever, blah, blah. I mean, so that is a factor, too, here. I mean, 
I don't know. And if that happened, doesn't that like also lend credence to like, I know I just said those words, but like to Brian, like, doesn't that justify Brian Lord's Brian Flores's accusation that, you know, that this secret meeting on a yacht did happen? Like it doesn't like inconclusively prove anything or indisputably prove anything, excuse me. But I mean, it, it adds a lot of like speculation to it. Yeah. I mean, I think those kind of secret meetings happen way more than people think. I remember in Steve Young's book, he said that Bill Walsh had a workout with him when Young was still on the Buccaneers. That's completely illegal. Like, that is a massive violation of NFL tampering rules. And yet that that happened, you know, in the 80s, in the 80s. So I think stuff like that happens. Do you give any blowback to Brady for any of this? Like, no, I know nothing. I hate, I hate to like have this take and I know a lot of people don't like it, but Brady is, he's Tom Brady. He can do whatever he wants at this point. Like unless he's like committing a crime, you know what I mean? Like Tom, you want to explore like all these different avenues, go for it. Like, I just want to see the greatness at this point. You know what I mean? Like I want to see like how far you can stretch this, like what different things and you know, things, sectors you can touch and like how, you know, whatever, like I'm, let's just, let's just impress me. Continue to impress me. Like I just, I'm here for the show at this point is really how I feel about it. I know. But like, Okay, so LeBron James has gotten a ton of criticism this week because the Lakers were eliminated from the playoffs, and he's basically been the GM of the Lakers, you know, forcing all these trades, this, that, and the other thing, and they stunk this year. They were terrible, and he gets a lot of criticism for that. Well, Brady's trying to do the same thing. He's trying to manipulate all this stuff, and yet we always act like, oh, Tom Brady's such a good guy, stand-up guy, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no, dude, you retired. You tried to manipulate your situation. And it didn't work out. And then you're going to come back to the Bucks like less than a month later or whatever it is and act like, oh, yeah, I'm all in. You know, this is my whole thing. And you may have gotten your coach essentially fired. I mean, he wasn't fired, but they, I think Brady got Arians out of there. So, like, I just feel like we just have to acknowledge what's going on. None of this makes Brady a bad guy, but I feel like we should just acknowledge that he's doing these things. Sure. Well, two things um, within this. Um, I've already forgotten the first, um, but oh, the first is, you know, Brady's resume as like a pseudo GM is sterling. Is it not like his, his resume is like, a, his like, it's, it's his time in Tampa. You know what I mean? Like that is, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not saying like he had nothing to do with like any roster decisions in new England, but like his, his resume is like the major influence of roster construction is great. The one like blip on that radar is Antonio Brown, obviously, but Antonio Brown did help the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl. So like, again, from a cachet standpoint, it did translate into a championship. So that that's where I would say he's different than LeBron. Again, this is not an NBA show, but like you look at LeBron's tenure as a as a pseudo GM even in Cleveland, you know, wasn't well, necessarily. But he's won every he's won a title everywhere he's gone. So. Sure. I mean, again, I'm at not apples to apples, but my point is like Brady doesn't, I think, have any anywhere near the like mountain of criticism that is available for LeBron in this particular capacity. But that being said, I think another hypothetical that should be asked is like, was the retirement ever real? Or was the retirement part of the overall ploy to exercise this? And the the like plan A was, you know, minority ownership stake in the Dolphins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Plan B was if all this falls apart, I'll just return to Tampa. I'll make it seem like I came back, whatever. But like, do you believe that the retirement was just a tool in the overall process? 1000 percent he didn't even use the word retirement in his initial message that he put out he didn't, he didn't thank the patriots in his initial message like brady's not stupid like i 1000 thing 1000 percent think that this was just all part of the machinations how much credit then do you give if we're to assume all of that to be true and like our assumptions are always correct but um if we assume this all to be true the dolphins clearly pivoted right 
Brady didn't happen. Brady returned to the Bucks, and then again, if we're to assume that they were they were preparing to use that, they were either way the Dolphins were preparing to use this draft capital for something, right? It, whether it was going to be Tom Brady and Sean Payton, but how much credit do you give them for pivoting and saying, okay, now let's get Tyreek Hill? Uh, some. I mean, you know, it's not hard to look at things and be like, hey, if we want to, if we're if we're going forward with Tua then let's set up a situation where we'll know for sure if he's the guy. Like, no more excuses. We're loaded at wide receiver. They brought in Chase Edmonds. They brought in Raheem Mostert. They might have the fastest offense in the entire league. So once the Brady thing didn't happen, I think it's pretty easy to come up with an alternate plan. Yeah. Um, Well, very cool. Very fun. Um, To get us back to the wide receiver talk stats as we start to close up here, uh, a report from Jordan Schultz just now. Sources. Uh Cowboys, Packers, and Jets have all called the Texans about Brandon Cooks, while the Rams and Raiders previously called before Allen Robinson and Devontae Adams moves. Uh, The Cowboys, uh, just, you know, that's that's my wheelhouse, uh, were reportedly in on the Devontae Parker sweepstakes, and Adam Schefter did note when he reported that that they are still looking to add a receiver. He used the word add. A lot of people were leaning on that specific word, um, so that doesn't necessarily mean draft. Uh, the Cowboys do not love to pigeonhole themselves. And right now, if the draft were to happen today, they are a little bit pigeonholed. They're mega pigeonholed at left guard, uh, but they are sort of pigeonholed at wide receiver. And so I think odds are whoever, like if you, whatever simulation you want to run, I think that the better player available to them right now at 24 in most mocks is a wide receiver, but they really, really need help at left guard. But if they land Brandon Cooks, that goes a long way. I'm still bummed about the Amari Cooper situation, but if you told me that all they had to give up was like a fourth-round pick maybe, and their wide receiver group consists of CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, James Washington, Noah Brown, Simi Fajoko, like, you know, I hate life a little bit less. (laughs) Brandon (laughs) Cook, you know, we just talked about always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Nobody wants Brandon Cooks, and he's a good player. Like, he is not a bad player. He gets drafted by the Saints, puts up multiple 1,000-yard seasons with them, gets traded to New England, puts up 1,000 yards with them, goes to the Rams, 1,000 yards, goes to the Texans, 2,000-yard seasons with them. Like, it, he's producing just fine, and yet nobody ever wants him. It's weird. Um, and he's gone for... Correct me if I'm I'm going off of memory here, and I don't know if you can check this, um, but when he went from New Orleans to New England, I believe he there was a first-round pick involved in that trade. And I believe there was also a first-round pick involved in the trade from New England to the Rams as well. So he's twice gone for a first-round pick. I don't know if you're able to look that up for me. Uh, I mean, I'm going to write about this. So it would actually kind of be helpful if you did. Um, <laughs> but uh, right, you, so have you managed Saints- to find it in the time that I was talking? Yes, the Saints traded him in 2017. They did receive a first-round pick back, and then he was traded by the Patriots for a first-round pick in 2018. So back-to-back years, he fetched first-round picks from New England and Los Angeles, respectively. Yes, and when he was traded in 2020 by the Rams, he went to the Texans for a second-round pick, which ended up being Van Jefferson. Interesting. Um, Wow. That's a lot of, like, I mean— it's a, he's an interesting player. Like he's this kind of like receiver mercenary. And you mentioned like he's had success, like individual success. I mean, he's been in the NFL for what? Uh, eight years at this point, seven years, something like that. Um, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and 6,000 yard seasons. I mean, and he's like, he's never played less than 10 games in a season. That was back in his rookie season with new Orleans. And man, like he is, I mean, like all, except for Houston, which is like in a vacuum for obvious reasons. All these teams have had success. 
right? He went to the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Rams in back-to-back years. And I think, you know, and I love, I know BLG would love to talk about this. I think the Patriots probably win Super Bowl 52 if he doesn't suffer a concussion early on. Mm, talk about alternate universes. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that, like, you could be good enough to be traded for a first-round pick, yet no one wants to keep you. Like, I, how could both of those things be true? It's not like he's been like, oh, I must be paid at the top of the league every year. Like, he's he's not that guy, yet nobody wants this dude. I don't know. Like, who's like? can you come up with somebody like that, like in, in recent history who has kind of just existed that way? It's no. difficult. Not someone that's been as good as him. I mean, like, I think the only other, like, names I can come up with are probably better than him or definitely better than him and different like Darrell Rivas or even Navon Miller you know what I mean like I was just like bouncing and bouncing and bouncing like to contender to contender to contender and that have been good in their own right like he's not as good as Vaughn or, or Rivas were at their peaks but like it's it's in that like neighborhood you know what I mean like I, I guess right. I don't know if that makes sense to you but Rivas was pay me guy he wants top of the market money remember he was trying to get a new deal with the well from the Jets with three years left on his contract mm-hmm. resulting in one of the best hard knock scenes of all time do you know what i'm talking about of course i do sense what an embarrassing question <laughs> for people that don't know the jets are negotiating with revis and he's on speakerphone it's mike tannenbaum and a couple other people and rex is in the room and they're on the phone with revis's agent revis's agent is like look we're this is what we want like we're not playing until we get a new deal and rex ryan is like all right you know what i'm tired of this forget it we don't need you. We're going to go out and play a game tonight and watch what the bleep happens. And he slams the door and everybody's dead silent in the room. And all of a sudden Mike Tannenbaum goes, all right, we'll talk to you later. And he hangs up the phone and no one, everyone's looking at each other. And, and Tannenbaum just goes, well, what does the negotiation handbook say to do now, fellas? And the whole room bursts out laughing. It's one of the best hard knock scenes ever. Um, okay. I'm Were you even that. listening to what I said? Yeah, well, I'm tweeting too. Right. You're sitting over there typing. I think it's time to end the show. I'm just going to point out, I was all in on today's show. RJ definitely was not. That's not true at all. I actually, all week long, have been prepping stats and saying like, hey, can we record this earlier? Can we stream this earlier? What are we going to talk about? I've been like trying to engineer and plan something because you have been sitting on your butt. And while we're talking about like planning things, I'll say now, I'll officially invite you on to Monday Football Monday right here, right now, because Pete Sweeney is going to be out. Do you want to do Monday Football Monday? Maybe. That's not helpful to me in my planning. So we could talk about who wins the Masters if you want to do that. Why would I waste my time with who wins the Masters? Uh, Everybody's stats is on the fence about buying MLB The Show 2022 to celebrate opening day. Let him know if he should in the uh, reviews. If you like the show, it's up to you. So please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. We are going to have a ton of draft coverage for you. We're going to have a live draft show. We're going to have a massive Twitter space during the draft as well. We're going to talk to a bunch of different people from all the SB Nation NFL community. So if you have questions about your team's pick or somebody they didn't pick or anything like that, come be a part of it. You'll be able to interact with all of us. We cannot wait. It is going to be a ton of fun. Now is the perfect time. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that follow button. You'll get all that goodness delivered right to your phone. RJ, I hope you have a fabulous weekend. I'm going to. I promise you. Uh, excited to watch the Masters. Excited to. I was gonna say watch it with my son, but like, let's be real. You know, he's just gonna sit there. Like, you know what I mean? But like, it's he's still there. Still part of the experience. Uh, his first Masters. So and look at that. Tiger came back for his first Masters. Pretty cool. If you ask me. There you go. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.